This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. You can follow me on TikTok at Hoff. WFAN, or Twitter, at the Hoff WFAN, at the Fight Fan WFAN, or everywhere else, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Odyssey app, WFAN.com. It's called The Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman. Yes, that's me, Pete Hoffman. This week, Jimmy Rivera is our guest. We'll be getting to him very shortly. Former UFC fighter, now part of the BKFC, making his debut in the BKFC bare knuckle fighting June 24th. We will get to him in a little bit. Also, got to plug myself too. This weekend, Sunday, June 5th, if you're around, if you're up 2 a.m. or 6 a.m., I'm going to be hosting, as I've been doing lately a lot, which has been awesome. But this Sunday, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. on the fan. If you're up, we'll be talking everything, not just UFC. We'll be talking about everything and more um, on the fan. So you can listen to me there. I'm sure we'll be talking UFC, but we'll also be talking Mets and other things as well. Mets, Yankees. Uh, and Rangers hockey, let's go Rangers. Let's go. Um, but first, before we get to the card, before we get to the Jerry Rivera, I want to touch on what's really cool. If you've missed it, for local, for New York, for Long Island, whether you're Westchester, Jersey even, a little bit connected. If you're interested, July 16th, UFC on ABC. It's coming to UBS Arena. That's awesome. Listen, typically we always have at least a one big event per year at Madison Square Garden. Uh, you know, they've had the Prudential Center events as well here and there. They were having the Barclays Center events once per year. Unfortunately, the with the pandemic, they've kind of had to stop the past couple of years. Remember, the first event that was canceled by the UFC was that April appearance of Khabib Nurmagomedov. Versus Tony Ferguson. That was going to happen. 2022, they had to cancel that event. And that was the the last time they were at Barclays. So I was surprised they didn't go back to Barclays. I'm happy they're going to UBS. I hope they do find a way to go back to Barclays soon as well. Because there's plenty of arenas around here. There's plenty of people that want to go see UFC fights. But this is going to be awesome. Uh, again, it's going to be UFC. I forgot the number it's going to be. But it's UFC, ABC, and the head. Excuse me. The headline. What the hell was that? The headline is going to be a sick featherweight fight. You know him. Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega versus Yar Rodriguez. It's a beautiful fight. It's like a wonderful thing. 
it is, again, a, Yaron Rodriguez is an amazing striker. Uh, the stand-up is amazing by him. Kickboxing, we've seen his uh, his battles with the Korean zombie. Brian Ortega, the, what is he called? They, they call him the T-Bone, not T-Bone City. Why am I not, I'm blanking on the name of his his the, the choke the triangle choke that he has but whatever whatever you call him um, T City maybe it is but regardless Brian Ortega is a sick fighter he's known for submissions remember the Cub Swanson fight with him where all Cub had to do was find a way to stay on his feet stay out of any submissions and all of a sudden uh, you know he gets him in that that stand up like you know. They're literally standing, and and somehow Ortega just jumps on him, puts him in a triangle, or not a triangle, puts him in a in a in a, a choke, and calls it a night. He is just that good with his submission skills. It's going to be interesting to see how Yard Rodriguez handles him. You know, we've seen Brian Ortega up and down recently. You know, the Max Holloways of the world have handled handled him rather well. The the Volkanovskis have handled him very well over the past few fights. But Yard Rodriguez hasn't really been on that level yet. Like, you know, hasn't – he's been highlighted. He's been a superstar, quote-unquote. He's been one of these names in the featherweight division, but hasn't had that championship fight yet for sure. Um, but he's had some wars. How does he fare against a guy like Brandon Ortega, who's been in the spotlight, who's had his moments? It's very eerily similar to the 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 Calvin Cater – Giga Chikese fight, I think. I think that's where I'd have to look at that and say eerily similar because that, that, listen, to be fair, neither of them were the spotlight, but Cater did have that fight versus Holloway that was very much, he was, not saying over his head, but it, Max was on a different level, you could see. And then you see Cater versus Jacquesi, see how that went. This is very similar because, again, Yar Rodriguez has had some battles but has not seen the likes of a title fight. Headline fights, but not title fights. So it'll be very interesting to see those two. But that's a, that, that is a great uh, headline. Then you got the locals, too. Forget about it. Shane Burgos is going to be on there. Billy Quantel is going to be on there. Billy Q. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Favola is on there. I know he's been hyping the 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 Patty Pimblet fight, but if he can get on that Long Island card, that'd be sick. And I'm sure there'll be other Long Island fighters as well. I think Caitlin Chukagian, if I'm correct, is on there as well. And why not? Why not? There are tons of local UFC fighters that are in town. It makes perfect sense for them to be on this card. So... Uh, I'm sure that other other things will be popping off and we'll, we'll announce it as it go on. But I definitely have to do my best to be there. It's a 12 p.m. start with the prelims, 3 p.m. Uh, main event. So it's a very early card. Kind of spoils my day a little bit because I was planning on doing other things first than going in the evening, but whatever. Still, still an awesome fight card. All right. Before we get to Jimmy Rivera, let us get into this UFC event that is taking place tomorrow. Or today, depending on when you're watching it or listening to it. All right. So it's Volkov versus Rosa Strike. We'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, let's go through the card. Anything that's, that pops off. Aaron Blanchfield versus J.J. Aldrich. Listen, J.J. Aldrich, she really is a good fighter. She's a good striker. She's well-rounded. She's not elite. I don't expect much from her. 
from her, but she is a fighter. She goes in there every fight, puts on a good performance. She's getting, you know, she's 29 years old. She's she's showing that she's, you know, uh, she has sustainability in the UFC because she's been around for a while. You know, she was on one of those tough shows, and she's now, how many years is it now for her? It's got to be, whew, 2017, 2016. We're going on six-year career here. Good for her. So, you know, Aldrich got to give her respect. On the other hand, though, you know, she fell facing Aaron Blanchfield, who, young gun, 23 years old. I believe she lost the last fight. Did she lose the last fight? Who did she lose to? This 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 website is terrible right now. Not website, but the, uh, the Wi-Fi is killing me right now. No, she beat Miranda Maverick. That's right. A nice decision. She beat Sarah Alper and then beat Miranda Maverick. Both good fighters, so that was very impressive. So, again, Blanchfield... The younger of the two, 23 years old, it's a good test for her versus Aldrich, who, again, is, I'm not putting her as like a, uh, you know, pass the torch type of thing or this is how you're going to get to the next level, but J.J. Aldrich is a very good test for Blanchfield to see what type of level she's on in the flyweight division. Uh, Let's see. Let's go through it. Jeff Molina. I love Jeff Molina. He's on there, flyweight. So he put out a post that his pride shorts came in. His uh his UFC, they're able to, you know, you typically you support your country, where you're from. You know, uh, you know, Brazilians are always the green and the yellow trunks. And I'm trying to think of other trunks I'm thinking of off the top of my head. I'm always missing. Canada is always a red of some sort. But for Pride Month, Jeff Molina puts out his Pride shorts and the rainbow and stuff like that. And he's like, dude, uh, you know, just I love everyone. All the guys that are shooting me DMs. Thank you very much. I'm flattered. You know, but no, thank you. I, I'm straight, whatever the case is. And then he goes to all the homophobes. You know, he says some inappropriate stuff to kind of like, you know, go F off type of thing. But the fact is, the guy's a good dude. You know, and I just I just love that. Be supportive. It's Pride Month. Whatever. No big freaking deal, right? So it's, there, there's, it's, there's bigger things in the world that we have to worry about. Celebrate yourself. Celebrate everything. It's all good, dude. Whether you're, it's Pride, whether it's Black History Month, whether it's, um, whether it's Columbus Day, I know a lot of people say no to Columbus Day, but reality is be proud of who you are. That's what it comes down to. That that's what it that's what it's about. So be proud of your history. There's no reason to to sit there and to be mocked for any reason or to be upset for any reason or sit there and try to like diminish other people for any reason. Has nothing. There's no bearing on you at times. That's that's the one thing that always bothers me about anybody that has anything negative to say about anything that has nothing to do with you. Literally has nothing to do with you. Stay out of it. Makes it easier. All right. Uh, let's see. Johnny Munoz is on the fight. He's facing Tony Gravely. Let's see. Who else on the David Jackson back on the card? Featherweight, good fighter versus Dan Arju Ar- Argetta. Uh, Argenta's undefeated, but Damon Jackson's a beast. Uh, I would be shocked to see him uh, uh, lose to that fight. Just because, I mean, I don't know much about Dan Argenta, Ar- Argetta, but Damon Jackson is just silly. So be look- on the lookout for that fight. Uh, you have Felice Herrig versus Carolina Kovalkiewicz. Now, Herrig looks ripped. I don't know if you saw the weigh-ins today, but she- or yesterday, Friday. She looks jacked. 
Uh, and Kovalkiewicz has been on a real bad streaky. Uh, not streaky. She's been losing a lot lately. She lost to Pena by submission. Uh, she lost to Jan Jinan uh, back in 2022. She lost to Alexa Grasso. She lost to Michelle Waterson, uh, Jessica Andrade. She actually beat Felice Herrig was her last fight. So this is like redemption for Herrig. And uh, this will be interesting because if Herrig wins, Kovalkiewicz, I-, I would not be surprised if somehow she gets cut, you know. Uh, and it's not like you want to see her get cut, but she's been, she hasn't, she hasn't won in a long time. She hasn't been, the last fight was Harry. Um, so it, it, it's kind of desperate, desperate times, desperate measures here for Carolina Kovalkiewicz, but Felice is no joke. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, the main event, that's, that's the main event for the prelims. Now the main event for the main event, uh, you got Alonzo Menfield on there. Who's a knockout guy, Oscar Mazarov. So they've gone up and down. If anybody's read about this at all, you might have seen some notes on it. His win-loss record went from like 25-7. and seven. Now it's dropped down to 19-12. and 12. I have no idea. I just keep on seeing all this stuff. But you talk about someone uh, blowing smoke. I'm curious to see where he got these wins and losses from and why they got reversed. Very interesting. Uh, let's see. Anybody that really sticks out as far as... Uh, Ode Osborne's interesting. Flyweight fighter, uh, Dan Ige is on the is the co-mate versus Mavzar Evil Ev, Evil Ev. Excuse me, Jeez, I keep on biting my my tongue. Uh, very good fight. Evliov, Evliev, however you want to pronounce it, Mavzar, undefeated. Now Ige, we know, is one of the best, one of the better featherweights in the division. Uh. However, he's had a rough patch as of recently. Ige lost to... Who did he lose to? Get internet sucks here. So he lost his last two fights to Josh Emmett and Korean Zombie. Uh, and again, no, nothing to hang your head on about. I mean, Emmett and Zombie are both two ridiculous fighters. So he needs a win too. Going up against a guy who's undefeated. We've seen Evil Ev... Who did he beat? He beat Dawadu, Nick Lentz, Mike Grundy, Enrique Barzola, Choi Sang-woo. Nothing too crazy, but again, this is that undefeated in this in MMA at 15-0. He's seen some fights in the UFC, so it's interesting. We'll, we will see how he does. Uh, versus Ige, especially Ige dropping two in a row. It's like the tail of two different roads. We'll see how, how it ends up. But Ige, again, it's one of the better featherweights out there. It's a big test. And then, obviously, the main event, heavyweight Alexander Volkov versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Uh, it's, this is just a great fight. You know, both are, are interesting. Rosenstrike, again, is more of like, you know, he's a shorter guy by a lot. Rosenstrike is more known for the knockout punches. You saw what he did. Uh, in years past, versus um, uh, Alistair Overeem. But Volkov is different, you know. Volkov can be technical striker. You know, we saw the, this, the weird one versus Greg Hardy. That was an odd fight where it was, you know, he allowed Greg Hardy to be in that fight the whole time, which is confusing because you see Greg Hardy really couldn't last, 
in the UFC long. He wasn't that good. He wasn't that polished. Rosenstrike isn't as polished either. He just has really heavy hands. He's We've seen him have some very disappointing performances. The Cyril Gaon fight, he was kind of disappointing in. Uh, he just... He's a smaller fighter. If Volkov can find a way to take him to the ground, you know that 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 you know, Rosenstrike's going to have a, a have an issue there. But we've also seen Volkov lose it at the tail end of the fights. Again, you've seen Greg Hardy last for for a full fight. First, it makes you scratch your head a little bit to see um, Derek Lewis knock out Volkov at the end of a fight when Volkov is doing nothing but dominating, dominating Derek Lewis. And then at the end of it, though, he just one quick tag, 99. So Volkov is is uh, susceptible to a knockout, and Rosenstrike has that power. But the reach advantage, I'm not sure how he's going to get close enough to really tag Volkov. That's going to be the interesting thing. Now, can Volkov knock out Rosenstrike? That's a possibility. We've seen Volkov, you know, he does have power, especially if he's able to sustain uh, some sort of, you know, jab, cross. If he's able to just keep on tagging him left and right, left and right uh, in the stand-up and really wearing down Rosenstrike because he's going to have to engage. That's the only way Rosenstrike is going to be able to attack. Unless he works on the lower half, but I don't see Rosenstrike really being aggressive with the kicks as much. How is he going to find a way to break through, to cut through, to land and engage close strikes. That's what Rosenstrike has to figure out. I'm not sure if he's able to do it. He's motivated. He needs to be motivated. He needs to win. I don't think he can do it versus Volkov. So we'll see. But again, Volkov has shown you in the past he can lose it at the end of fights, and that's all Rosenstrike needs again. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Alistair Overeem, that's what I go back to. Overeem was going to win the fight versus, versus Rosenstrike, and all it took was the end of the fight for Rosenstrike to basically bust up Alistair Overeem and call it a night. That can happen, and we've seen Volkov on the other end of it, too, get knocked out at the tail end of the fight after dominating the entire fight. So anything can happen. That's why you got to tune into this. Uh, so it'll be a good night of fights or good day of fights. It starts at 1. 1 p.m. All right, let's get to it. Jimmy Rivera is up. BKFC, we get into a lot with him. So check it out. The newest member of the BKFC, Jimmy Rivera. This is a fight fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, being joined right now by Jimmy Rivera, the newest fighter to be part of the Bare Knuckle Fighting uh, Championship. I'm excited to see you in the Bare Knuckle uh, uh, ring itself. But, Jimmy, how are you doing, first of all? I'm good, man. Uh, doing good. Training, getting ready for the fight. How about you? I, I'm great, man. I'm, I'm killing it right now. You're you're in a, a a police station, but for for different reasons that some people will expect. What's going on there? Tell tell me a little bit what's going on. So with myself, uh, Chief Lena from Elmwood Park Police Department, and uh, Ron Showman, who's going to be one of my coaches in my corner, 
uh, June 24th, we started a defensive tactics program for uh, police officers in New Jersey, which follow the guidelines that are very, you know, of use of force, you know, depend on our, the use of force guidelines, it's way under it. So uh, we basically teach officers just simple stuff, how to use their body weight, how to control someone, you know what I mean? Especially sometimes you see a couple officers on scene, they can't control a guy. You don't really need more than two people to hold someone down to cuff them. And if you're by yourself, what to do to hold someone down to backup comes. Because sometimes you arrive on scene first and that suspect is trying to harm themselves or someone else. So right away, you have to get it under control. So we're giving guys a game plan. So when they go in there, you know, I mean, they have a game plan and then having a game plan makes guys a lot more confident when they're de-escalating the situation. So when they go in, you know, some people, fighters do it. Uh, sometimes they do it because they're scared. Sometimes they do it as a promo too as well, but they overcompensate on the mic or all this stuff and they do it. And when, you know, you don't need to do that. You know, if you're scared, you can just come off confident, but in order to be confident, you got to be able to know how to protect yourself without, you know, the stuff around their waist. They don't, without being able to go hands-on without worrying about using their gun or their OC spray or some, some of them have tasers. So we started a program. It's going really well and it's starting to take off even more and we're excited about it. Uh, working on it. That's, that's amazing. Like, I mean, this is something that I think, I know, I think Rogan had talked about this a long time ago, but something that you feel like it's been so necessary to do. How how recently have you guys started this? Is this really recent? Uh, Elmwood Park's been doing it for three years now. Okay. So oh, that's great. Elmwood Park's been, and it's starting to take off a little bit more. I mean, it, it coincides. The best thing about the program is, you know, New Jersey has very strict guidelines. First of all, like, if you know, background checks and, you know, Persian guns, stuff like that. I'm a New Jersey resident. You know, they have strict rules of getting firearms and stuff like that but then on the other side is what the officers can do too you know what i mean you whatever use of force that person's doing you're only allowed to go one above well the whole curriculum we have until it gets to a person that has a weapon everything we have is way below that use of force like you don't need that much uh power or or, or strength or being heavy or physically fit if you just have that technique which we teach the officers it's going to go a long way you know, I mean, a hundred pound female could defend herself and, and control someone that's 200 pounds. That's a male. That That's amazing. That's amazing. Listen, I have a lot of law enforcement that are family, friends and whatnot. So it's good to see these type of things starting to pick up because I'm always worried about them. And I don't, you know, obviously things with the news, guns and whatnot. You want to see other routes being taken. This is this is fantastic. So good for you for even being part of that uh, again. And, and this is is this part of Tiger Showman's too? This is through a rep or how did you get involved? Yeah, it's part of Tiger Showman's. Um, besides, I have a school in Short Hills that I teach at, and then I, I you know I, I own a part of another school in New York. Um, but this is you know one of the other things we kind of branched out and did. So right now it's just it's one of those things that's slow but you know steady and starting to get their name out more and. And people are understanding because there, there was also another program that came out. I'm not going to throw it on the bus or anything like that, but it's just, you know, in our use, in our program, we don't teach any submissions or any, any locks or anything like that, but we do teach, you know, sometimes someone's going in for like a takedown. You know what I mean? We teach a double leg from different positions, but uh, the biggest thing is if that person gets around your neck or choking, which we call it a guillotine. But we have to teach officers if they get in that situation not to panic. So we teach them not how to do it, but how to get out of it. You that's, know what I mean? And being able to use pressure and use their body weight. You know, that's one of the biggest things that uh, people forget. We're, there's not a lot of uh, – it's a lot different from some other programs that are out there. You know, Gracie has a program not to – their program is really great. Um, 
but it's also tough if you don't have any experience. Our program, you don't need any experience, and you do have some guys that are on patrol that are not in shape. So it's basically for the person that's out of shape, that has, you know, that's a female, 100 pounds, and has no, no, no training at all. They can do it after they do our course. They'll have a good foundation, a good game plan to go in there. After they do our course, you know, three times, they're going to be like almost a pro at it. Because a lot of stuff we do, we repeat it over and over again. A lot of just drills over and over again and situationals we do too after the drills, which makes people successful. So it's one of those things where, you know, you go through the program once, which is one level. And then, the, you know, it's called a bronze level. And then we have a silver level where you go over it again, different drills. Some of them are, are the same, but then there's other situations. And then when you do like the gold level, you're doing both bronze and silver. And it's basically like a review, a little faster pace. So when we cuff someone, it's always the same cuff scenario. So a lot of stuff is out of repetition, the same thing. So these people get it. Like we want something that's going to be successful. So they don't have to, uh, it becomes a part of them. It's like a martial artist. When you do stuff, you don't do it one time and that's it. You're done. You do it a lot. So when you're out there fighting, it becomes a part of you. You do it and you don't even realize you're doing it. It's just, you've done it so many times. So it's a funny transition because because you're working on all these moves and, and working on double legs and whatnot. And now you're going to a promotion where all that is thrown out the table. It's just, it's thrown out the door. It's basically you, fisticuffs, no, no gloves, bare knuckle fighting. Take me through the process of, of how you chose to go bare knuckle fighting. Um, so I was a free agent and we were, you know, I wanted to experience it and see what was out there. Um, there's all different things. I know PF, what took us a little longer was PFL was thinking about doing a 135 weight class at a Grand Prix. Um, they decided not to do it. And then looking at, you know, bare knuckle and the options we could do with bare knuckle. Cause I didn't close the door with MMA at all. I haven't closed that door yet. So, you know, it's possible you'll see me this year or next year at an MMA fight. Um, so the contract and not only the contract being flexible, but also uh, what, you know, I'm getting paid as a fighter was very, very, you know, it's great numbers. I can't really say no to it. So um, it was a tough year this year. I was supposed to do, you know, the plan was always do the one triad fight, triad combat, and then go right to bare knuckle. So the whole event in February got canceled. Then I was supposed to fight that in May and bare knuckle make my debut, but the, he got hurt. So it was one of those things they didn't have me, but it finally, you know, it, it just finally feels good to get back into something. So finally, we got our debut June 24th against Howard Davis. So happy to just get back in the in the ring cage or whatever it is and just get back competing, <laughs> to be honest with you. It's, it's, been a, it's been a while for you. So do you feel like there's any sort of rust at all to be in there competing, or do you feel like that's not even really really a thing? I mean, it's it's tough. It's not really – I don't – at this time now in my career and how long I've been doing it, I don't think there's any rust. I mean, I go against a lot of high-level guys, whether they're boxers or kickboxers in the room, and plus my teammates – you know what I mean? They're high level. So I don't, I don't really think about the rust. It's just like, you know, like, you know, there is, you can say there's a little bit of rust. Anybody always has a little bit, but I feel like after the first round, it gets shaken off. But the biggest thing is just getting back and competing. You know what I mean? To go that long and not competing, it's hard when you're a competitor. How are you, you know, obviously it's a different style. And I, I do love the way that, that Bare Knuckle is very open to, like, you know, even with Paige Van Zandt, for example, they bring her in. She's a, a star for them. She's going to be a star. Like, you're going to be a star for them. But they allow you to do other things. You're not just handcuffed to just Bare Knuckle fighting. You could do other promotions. You want to do more MMA. There's still opportunities there for you. They allow her to, to do the AEW stuff, which is great. Um, but, but going into Bare Knuckle, 
how do you feel with the fact that it's going to be more, it's just solely striking, and the fact that there's going to be more blood. Does that even bother you at all? The fact that you feel you, it's probably going to, you're going to get cut open. Nah, not at all. <laughs> I think I asked a couple times, like, oh, you worry about, it? I mean, it, the one thing, when I, you know, when I watched some of the fights and then I was at the one in Orlando where I was supposed to fight, the one thing you see is a lot, like, you know, it's easier to get cut, obviously, and a lot of, you know, the guys look great. They just get stopped because the cut's really bad. And I get it, you know, the doctor's concern, their liability and stuff like that. And like, like, I'm like, you know, when I fight, you know, if I do get cut, I'm like, all right, hopefully the doctor's like, you know, he'll keep me going, you know? It's one of those things where, like, I don't want to – I want. I'd rather get knocked out than uh, you know trying to go for the knockout than 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 the judge at the breath. The doctor stopping the fight because of a cut, you know. Right. So that's definitely one of the things. Um, people were asking me about getting punched in the face with bare knuckle. I'm like, I've been kicked in the face, so <laughs> I think getting kicked in the face is a lot worse than punched in the face. Uh, but I love boxing. I did a lot of boxing just during my MMA career, just in general, to get when I was getting ready for fights. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to just you know doing boxing. I mean. These past seven months, I've only been boxing, and it's been it's been a like a nice little relax, you know, relaxing on my body, not going so crazy. And not only that, but like when you do MMA fight, you have to focus on wrestling and and wall wrestling and jujitsu and MMA and kickboxing. You got to put it all together after that. So it's like you know, only having to worry about one thing is definitely you know a lot. It's a lot easier, a lot a lot of pressure off off you, you know. How, you know, because the one thing that I, I'm not saying I have issues with, but for example, like, talk about Francis Ngannou. He wants to fight uh, uh, Tyson Fury, and it's like, that's a really great idea on paper. Like, wow, these two huge stars going on paper to, you know, head-to-head, they're two knockout artists, it's amazing. But we've seen some fighters go to, go from the MMA background, go into a, a boxing fight like Conor McGregor. Like, you know, we saw that play out. Tell me why you're going to be different going into a bare-knuckle fight. Well, I mean, you have – so I think first things first is that you have a lot of MMA guys that go into boxing, and if they don't have a boxing background, they're not going to do well. You've seen that in the triad fight, and when they did, some of those fights in the triad or, or even in bare-knuckle, you have some MMA guys. They just – they're good MMA guys, but they're not good boxers. They're different. You know what I mean? And we've Even when we went to boxing gyms, like, oh, they're MMA guys. We're going to fuck them up. And then after, they're like, you guys are pretty good boxers. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we don't just focus on one thing. We never did that. You know, we have come from a martial arts background, from Tiger Showman's. We always focus on individually. And then eventually, you know, at the end of the week, we put it together. So that's one thing. And uh, I think the second thing is it's hard to compare Conor McGregor fighting someone at the caliber of, like, Floyd Mayweather. Like, the boxing experience is way different. You know, if – Connor had as many years as Floyd Mayweather in boxing and as many fights, then you could say something different, but he didn't. So it's different. You know, you going into like going to the bare knuckle, you have some guys like Louis, uh, I think it's Louis Pena at 155. I always, not Pena, uh, Palomino, 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 I believe. I always confuse his name with the other Pena, uh, Louis yeah. Pena in the UFC, um, who is an MMA guy, but he's like 6 and 0 in bare knuckle. And he's like, I watch his fights. He's a smart fighter. He's good. And like, does good stuff. He has good strategies going in there and fighting. So, but he's a, he's a MMA guy. So, you, you know, it's all different, but you do see some MMA guys in there or just in general, I've seen before who can't box. And I feel bad for them when they get in there. It's just, that's a tough thing. Like if I, like, 
if I didn't feel comfortable in my boxing, I wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then here's the other thing too. So on the other side of it, I I know elite boxers. You know, one of the better box, female boxers uh, in the world. Um, you know, she was looking to try to get into bare knuckle, and then watch. I forgot which fight she watched, and she said, "You know what? I, I saw it for one round, and I'm not going to do it. It's not." It's not exactly boxing the way that the the punches are coming, the way that the people were, the way that the fighters were so aggressive and and the intensity behind it. She's like, I, I'm too past my prime for that. Is is there a different element too? Because I, I you see some people go out there and try to box, but sometimes it's just, it's just like just throwing fists, like it's like it's it's a little bit uncontrolled. Yeah, you see it like there's there's guys that can box and the guys that that can brawl, and you see too. Like I watched the fight, the main event fight. Um, May 6th, when I was supposed to fight on that card. I don't remember the guy's name, the heavyweights. But you could see one guy that was more of a brawler and the other guy was a boxer. And you, if you watch that fight, it's just like, you know, the boxer won. He put him in a trap and that's it. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff you could do in general MMA, a lot, because there's so many art forms. But in boxing, there's still a lot you could do there. There's different traps, different things you could do to set up punches. So you do see some brawling in the bare knuckle. And I think it's just kind of like that because either people don't feel comfortable enough or, you know, they get in there and they just kind of let loose. You know, I mean, they think of it like they get in there, maybe a street fight, street fight mode or something like that. I don't know. All I know is that it's <laughs> fucking way easier to get cut yes. in bare knuckle than it is in any other sport. <laughs> so so we're being joined by Jimmy Rivera, a former UFC fighter. And at one point in time, you had the crazy streak of, of 20 and 0. Like, take me through that, that streak that's nuts in, in in mma like boxing yeah okay i'm not trying to again we don't minimize boxing at all but like in mma there's so many different ways like you said you have to worry about the jiu-jitsu the wrestling the the, the, the ground pound, everything is just all open available so it's it's difficult to have 20 fights in a row to win could you look back and think oh wow that, that was incredible I never even thought about it until people towards the end like started asking about it. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I was just trying to keep getting wins, so I get in the UFC, and I cop- I kept getting wins in the UFC. And I'm like, you know, once I was five and zero the UFC, that I guess the one of the things I love with the bare knuckle, and that was a little frustrating with the UFC, um, was you know it was like how many more fights do you have to get to win before you get a title fight with. You know, speaking to Dave and working with, you know, Feldman and working with, you know, Bare Knuckle, it's like they have a game plan for me getting in there, you know, how many fights I got to get to get to the belt and all this stuff. So it's like, a, it's nice to have a game plan on top of getting good money, more money <laughs> than the UFC. So that's definitely a big plus. Um, the whole win streak, it was just one of those things that happened. I mean, obviously, all great things got to come to the end. Um, but I made some mistakes and, you know, I can't blame any, I never blame anybody anyway, but in my MMA career towards, you know, towards the end of, of, you know, training certain ways or doing certain things in a fight, like fights at a high level in the UFC. If you're the top 10, top 15 at a high level or lost and won, uh, sorry about that. It's all good. I still oh, got you. Still there? I still got you. You got me? Yeah. You got yeah. me? You're okay. Good. Sorry about that. All good. Um, all those fights at those high levels are all won or lost by inches. You know what I mean? I mean, literally, literally like, I said inches, uh, but like little mistakes, like, you know what I mean? If you make that little mistake, that's when you get caught. A lot of those fights you watch them nowadays, it, it's, they're so close fights. You know what I mean? Some, sometimes it's just like, look at the Sterling Yan fight. You know, if, if those two rounds Sterling to get on his back, you know, Yan could have won the fight. You know what I mean? He was winning the standup, but Sterling was smart and, 
you know, just he got on his back. And after that, you know, you see people exposed to what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are. You know, you you look back at the Marlon Marais fight that that ended that streak, and you see that was June first, twenty eighteen. You're both now out of the UFC. But my question to you is this: is like he, I think he's done with with combat sports, unless I'm I'm wrong with that. Like he seemed like he hung him up. And I retired. hope he's done. I mean, he had a lot of knockouts in a row. You know, like you know, some people are done with combat sports because you know because of knockouts, whatever it is, the end of their career. But then sometimes, like in my scenario and Mike Perry's scenario too, because I can relate because he's in, you know, bare knuckle with me. We were never done. We just, our contracts were done and we were like, what's better out there? What other options do we have? And we just, you know, there was better options out there. So we took advantage of it. That's got to feel um, good. That's got to feel good though, right? Because the one thing that I think for a long time, people were like, it's UFC and that's it. And now there's so many different promotions out there. It's not all the same thing, but like Bare Knuckle and, and PFL and Bellator and all that stuff. But there's options for you. That's got to feel amazing. It does. You know, it's nice that you can fall back and there's other options you can do. Because, like, the problem is if I do, you know, with Bare Knuckle, if I do an MMA fight, I'm probably not going to be with the UFC. They're probably not going to say, oh, you could do one and or whatever. Like, that's not something that happened. I could see maybe in Bellator or PFL or something like that. But it's not going to happen in UFC. You're exclusively with UFC, and that's it. You can't go anywhere else unless you fight out of your contract. So it's just one of those things that, you know, it would be cool if you could do one in, one and out or whatever. But, unfortunately, you can't you can't do something like that um, unless they change their minds. So, But with other organizations, they're really cool about it. I mean, there's – you know, UFC is at the top, and I think what made them even, you know, get in the top more was during the pandemic. They figured out a way in a month to get fights going again. Um, and then other guys slowly followed behind that. But at this point now, you know, you have these other organizations coming in offering good money or they're offering decent money to fight, but they're doing grand prix of a million dollars. You don't really see a million dollars in your career unless you've been around for a while um, in the UFC and you were the champ or the contender and you've been around for a couple of years. And like even Cerrone, Don Cerrone, who I love watching fight, tough fucking guy, you're not getting a million dollars for a fight. You know, so you got to be the champ or be around for a very, very long time or have a very good, like fighting used to be more of martial arts background. Now it's more of who can entertain, entertain the most. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand it. And that's, I feel like the UFC has that thing too, where that they want to be able to, to see who they can market, how they can, how they can market. And if it's not marketable in their sense, they're not looking to spend the money they want you to I don't know if they want you to earn it. I'm not really sure what they, how they want to approach it. But so, listen, being on ESPN, they need to try to quote unquote market it. But again, having all these different promotions out there, having all these other leagues out there, it's good for us fans because, like I said, I'm someone who I'm always looking for fights. Doesn't make a difference where it's coming from. So the fact that you're active, beat KFC, I love it, dude. Not for nothing, but Feldman's fantastic. He really yeah. has found a great promotion. He did. You know what's great about it is that like people ask me, how do I watch it? Listen, you got two options. You go on, you know, Bear Uncle TV, and you can subscribe for five dollars a month. You get all the fights. Yeah. Or if you just want to pay for the one fight, it's twenty bucks. It's like twenty bucks. Like UFC is like eighty bucks. I'm like, yeah. I mean, there's a big <laughs> difference. And watching the Bear Knuckle fights, I love. There's no like. Sometimes there's too much downtime between some fights. With Bear Knuckle, it's not. It's right on to the next one. And what's crazy is there'll be like twenty fights at night. Don't worry about it. It's not going to go four hours. It's going to oh, go two right. hours or less. Yeah, which is really cool. You know what I mean? So. That's also an icy. I mean, uh, Dave's done a great job with the promotion. He's done really well with it. And, and as it's, you know, so long as you keep doing it, eventually he's going to, he's getting to a point now where he's grown more, where 
I think, you know, staff, the staff maybe eventually has to get more staff, but but besides that, I mean, he's, they're on point with stuff, you know what I mean? So it's grow, it's growing, you know what I mean? Eventually his organization is going to grow too as well. And it's cool. It's a very good problem to have is to get more staff. That that's, that's all I know. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, if I'm correct, you're a huge star Wars fan, right? Yes, I am. So, all right. You got to take me through. Are you very entertained by all the new Obi-Wan um, uh, shows that are coming out and the Mandalorian? I, I haven't caught up, but I keep on getting ripped on on a daily basis that I'm missing out on all these unbelievable shows. Tell me what I'm missing out on. Um, Mandalorian's really good, so you should definitely watch that. Um, I love that they finished the Star Wars and kind of – they finished it, but I wasn't a big fan how towards the end they, they made Luke – a little softer. I wasn't a fan of that, <laughs> of the, you know, in the end of the, you know, seven, eight, and nine. Um, Mandalore was great. Boba Fett came out and in the beginning it started a little slow, but then all of a sudden, once the Mandalorian got involved, it got really fucking good again. Okay. I haven't watched Obi-Wan because I want to binge it. So it's like one episode a week. And I'm like, I'm not about that life. I'm about to <laughs> sit down for seven hours, binge the fuck out of it and enjoy it. So, um, you know, Big Star, we, we grew up, my cousin and I, always playing with, like, Legos and, and Star, especially Star Wars stuff and going to see episode, you know, Star Wars, you know. Yeah. Uh, Turn of the Jedi or Empire Strikes Back, all that. And then, you know, I remember being a kid and, and watching, um, skipping school and watching episode three or episode one or episode one, excuse me, with my cousin. And it was just cool. It was like, you know, we got to skip school. We had some people bothering us from behind. They're all oh, these kids are skipping school, playing hooky. Where's your parent? My aunt was right next to me. Oh, I'm right here. <laughs> like, oh, that's the coolest mom ever. Like, it was cool shit. So, um, big fan of that. It, um, unbelievable. I actually just recently got to see this past weekend, which was funny because my wife and I were talking about how we haven't been in the movie. Like, we would go to the movies all the time, or even the drive-in movie that's by us. We haven't been in the movies in two years. So we sat in there like, oh my god, it's the first time us sitting in a the movie theater again. And we saw Top Gun, and that oh, was you did, good. really, I did, did. Now, are you a top? Have you always been a Top Gun guy? I, I never was. A, I watched the original Top Gun, but I wasn't as big into it. Like I'd get into fights with my friends, like what movie's better, this or like whatever random stuff. And I just wasn't a Top Gun guy. But everyone swears by it. I mean, Boomer Esiason literally came on air with his son. He called in and they said this is by far one of the best movies of all time. It brings you right back to the you know the original one. Tell me a little bit about Maverick. Um, so I was born in 89 Top Gun. The first one came out in 88 is still one of my favorite movies. Oh, wow. you know what I mean, one of my favorite movies. So I, I fell in love with that movie as a kid, always watched it. Big fan. It's like a big music video too, at the same time. Oh yeah. Cool. The soundtrack's crazy. <laughs> um, so got into being a Tom Cruise fan, obviously after watching that as a kid, um, by the way, if you ever watch all the Tom Cruise movies, one thing you realize is you're, he's always running. So oh, that's yeah. a oh, the firm. Hill. You remember the firm? Always There's a running. whole like, running scene though at the firm. <laughs> yeah, always running, always running. So besides that, they did not fix a fucking thing. It wasn't broken. They didn't fix it. The way the Top Gun starts out in the first one, it's just great. Started out in the second one, like it was like they didn't change anything. There's no, uh, there's nothing crazy in it. You know, sometimes there's like, uh, you know how it is really now with the whole left and right thing and all this. It was just a cool patriotic patriotic movie. There was no like stereotypes or anything like that. It was just like, you go in there and you fucking watch a movie and you're at your edge of your seat every, the whole time. And the things they, you know, you have to watch the first one, especially appreciate the second one. 
but they did some cool stuff in it without giving away. And it was just like, Oh, like that, that was cool. Like they did that. Oh, that was really good. And miles Teller did a great job playing goose's son in it. Like they just, they did, did a great job. They even, you know, went with some stuff cause they had, um, uh, what's his name? Um, he was in the first one. He's Iceman. I'm trying to think of his name. Val, Val Kilmer. Kilmer. Val Kilmer. How they had Val Kilmer in there and what they did with it was fucking awesome. Like it was just, it was fucking cool, man. It was really cool to see them all together and you know, some of the people from the first one and the second one. It was just great stuff. So they really did a great job with it. And I, you got to give it to like, you know, I start, I watched all the ins and out with, with it. So all the scenes are really in a, in a, fi- a fighter jet. Except for, I think that one scene, there's a scene where Tom Cruise is experimenting in it in like this crazy jet. And uh, that's the only thing I think that's fake in the movie. Um, <laughs> but believe it or not, like I watched, like Tom Cruise has his pilot license. There's a whole 15 minute skit with him and, and uh, James Corden from the late night show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you watch that, like Tom Cruise flies the actual planes in the, some of the planes in the movies, um, not the fighter jets, unfortunately, they wouldn't give him permission to fight that, <laughs> even though he asked like every day I heard to, fight, to fly one. Um, but a lot of stuff, like uh, you got to give it to like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. He was flying the helicopter in, in the That's last crazy. Mission Impossible. Like it's fucking crazy that some of the stunts he does and what he does is fucking cool, but it was a great movie. I can't go on and on about it. I think you should watch it. Uh, you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. But have you seen the first one? Oh, no, I've, I've watched the first one. I've definitely watched okay, the first so then, one. Then you're good to see the second one. All right, good. So I def, definitely, that's, that's, if you haven't watched the first one, go watch it, and then you can go watch Maverick. Uh, is yes. there any other, because I do like your recommendations. I remember last time I had you in studio, we went on and on and on about things to watch. Any other series that you binge? Because you talk about binging. Like, I'm a big Ozark guy. I finished that. That was fantastic. I have... Ozark was great. I really Phenomenal. wish they were making another season. I'm so upset how they left it off. They could. Like, I wanted... They could do they it. They could. But, I, but they should just do it. They said that was the final season. But I'm like, they're shooting the fuck another one. You know uh, what I mean? Like, I didn't like the wife in the first two seasons. But damn, she got a set of balls in that right, third season. All right. All right, so here we go, Jimmy. Jimmy Rivera with us right now. Listen, you, you, you probably. I'm sure you watch Breaking Bad, right? Love Breaking Bad. Okay, compare the wives of Breaking Bad to Ozark. Starts a little bit annoying, but they go two different directions. Wife on Breaking Bad, I wanted her dead after season three or four. Wife in Ozark, like you can't have her dead because the whole family's dead. No, I, I can't. It's hard to in fact. They're two, they go two separate routes in the yeah. movie, in those series, excuse me. But the, you start being, you were like, oh, man, she's good now. Like, you start liking the wife in, in Ozark. You don't like her to be, I'm like, I want her to die. Yeah. It's like, but you start liking her after, and she starts, but she starts realizing, you know, you're playing, you're in the game, fucking might as well play, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, things to watch and binge. I just saw Lincoln Lawyer. Okay. Through that whole season, thought it was unbelievable i mean they also came out with a movie beforehand with matthew mcconaughey right uh anything that matthew mcconaughey in <laughs> mcconaughey is in is fucking great like i have a daughter she's one and we we watch sing one and sing two all the fucking time yeah and he is in but he's buster moon and fucking and he's so the man. i love matthew mcconaughey movies as well <laughs> um so lincoln lawyer was good he, matthew mcconaughey is not in the series he's in the movie that they made but then they made a series that was really good based on the book um i did watch moon knight wasn't the biggest fan of it okay um why not because someone a, came someone came in was like dude you're gonna love moon, moon it Night. was good but it was confusing like with all the like you know he he you realize like he's got different personalities there was a it was a lot of it was a lot of little overplays in a way too it was good 
I wouldn't say it was great. It was good though, for sure. Okay. It wasn't great, like a top pick. Um, Mandalorian, obviously, you need to watch. That's just something, just in general, as soon as we're talking about it. Obi-Wan, I heard so many good stuff because they went in a direction where they weren't surprised. And I heard by the third episode, it really takes off. Like, it's really unbelievable. Um, I am on Stranger Things right now. Fucking awesome how what they're doing this season. Okay. All right. So I'm super pumped about this. And, and this is why. I'm a big Nightmare on Elm Street guy. And all okay. I keep on seeing is people like, dude... These these guys, these writers, directors, they need to do an, a Nightmare on Elm Street series. They need to do like a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Like they they're perfect for that because there's like a lot of there's a lot of things that like are like hinting at Nightmare on Elm Street. Am I wrong with that? You tell me. No, you're right. I mean, they did in the if you watch the first couple, you watch the first couple seasons. Oh, right? Of course, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So when they're sleeping, that's when freaking Freddy Krueger was coming out. You know. So the things they did with it, I feel like they kind of took night. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't, I don't know if they're the same writers, but if the writers that did Stranger Things, they kind of took that concept and they just went a little direct, a little different direction. Instead of it, when you're sleeping at night, you could just fall into that trance, trance anytime. That was a cool take that they kind of changed up compared to Nightmare on Elm Street. That is some cool. If they do that with a Freddy Krueger, if you want something like that, like my my buddy's a big fan fan of it. I just, oh yeah, I like I like it. I, I, even the originals, I laugh at. I can't like. I don't know how people were scared of this, you know. <laughs> but the newer ones were way better, way better. Definitely, um, definitely better than the, for the original for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a couple of things I saw, like just previews coming out that looked scary, but it was like they didn't really give you enough. Like I'm like, I don't know if I would watch that. Like it was, yeah. it was scary, but I'm like, I don't know if it's gonna be a good scary or it's gonna be one of those things. Where, like, oh yeah, I'm done. I'm you know, go on to the next thing. When I was in the when I was in the movie theater for the previews, you know, one of the favorite things going to the movie theaters is all the previews it's about the before pre- the no movie questions. starts. Yeah, I could sit yeah. there. People used to complain about like, oh, it's twenty minutes of previews, and then you gotta sit there for four hours. Like, yeah, that's the point. I want all those previews. I want to know what's coming out. There is literally a half hour of fucking previews before the Top Gun movie, <laughs> so you get your mind's worth. Like, the movie started at ten fifteen. I mean, the movie itself started at ten fifteen. The previews weren't done until almost ten fifty. Oh my god, I love like, it. Dude. It was like a shit time. And I'm like, oh look, another preview. Oh look, another preview. <laughs> and, like, uh, and, and that's when I go, I look at my wife, or I was my uh, my best friend, his wife as well. I look at him like, yeah, I'm not gonna see that one. Let's go see that one. That one, that you know. Um, I'm trying to think what else is out that is kind of good. Um, that's like right off the top that I watched, besides like my HGTV that I watch sometimes, my little oh yeah. Things. Oh yeah, big into that. I live in the country, so you know some of the stuff you got to do on your own. So there's some HDTV where some cool apps like um, this guy was in PA. What was it? Um, oh my god, well, I can't think of it. Stonewall Revival, and it was cool just to see these old houses in like the early 19, even like late 1800s, like houses and the stonework. And it's like, how do they do shit like this when you didn't have that much equipment and it was cool. It was just cool to see little like like I like the rusted look. So it was cool to see something like that. Are you stuff. are you one of those like because you you know yeah if they if you have, you know property and whatnot are you sitting there like I want a tiny house you want a big house you want to try to get like your own style what 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 you said rustic but like what what is the dream house for Jimmy Rivera? I think we're at the dream house right now for me and my family. <laughs> we I found this. I, re, I remember finding this house. We were trying to find something that wasn't too far from the city pre-pandemic we found it was a little further because we were trying to find something for them like, fuck it, we're gonna go a little further i'll just drive extra this is for my wife you know and for myself to my sanity so we found a nice house 
in the middle of the woods on top of literally I'm on top of a mountain and you can't see my neighbor. And it's like a <laughs> seven to eight minute walk to my neighbor. Wow. So the view is unbelievable. It's gorgeous. And my property backs up to a hundred acres of preserved land. So you can oh go hunt God. on it, hike on it. The only thing you can't do is quad on it, but it's fucking, I, I, I literally live in the middle of the woods and I love it. And I think now with people, you saw a lot of people, at least here in Jersey, like a lot of people from New York move out here, mm-hmm. you know, get small areas. I, I remember one time talking to a student when I had my school in the city, like, no, New York's better. I go, I don't know what you talk about. In New Jersey, I can park in my own spot, have my own front yard, my own backyard. <laughs> and even if I'm in the suburbs, I still have some space. Now you go get me in the country. I have even more space. I want to see my neighbors. Because <laughs> before I moved, before I moved, we, we moved during the pandemic, like that September, you know, once shit hits the fan in March, by July, things were slowly open up. Real estate was going big. Sold my house my, and then moved into our new house. And uh, it was just, it was nice, man. It was nice being able to middle of the woods and just relax. And- <laughs> wow. You know, I, I literally moved into my house December before the pandemic started. We just, now listen, I live in the, you know, I live in East Chester, in, in Westchester area and whatnot. So okay. it's, it's a smaller town and whatnot, but but we got lucky because then everything, everything skyrocketed. But again, like I understand, like it was like last minute. We we weren't able to do as much as we wanted originally to the house, and then it just took over time. But again, also then the independent work took over. It's like I'm gonna be the one taking down these trees and do what I gotta do. And it was awesome. It's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's crazy what prices are now. <laughs> uh, it's through the roof. Listen, Jimmy Rivera. I've had took you for about a half hour already. I know you gotta go back to training and doing a bunch of other stuff. But uh, lastly, I know your jersey. But are you watching the NHL playoffs at all? Are you watching the New York Rangers at all or no? I'm not into hockey as much as I'm in watching, like, you know, football. I Like, even baseball, I'll watch it and go back and forth between something and baseball. But when I'm at a game, it's different. I'm not watching hockey right now. Oh, Rangers are leading. Rangers just won their first game yesterday in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. Not the Stanley Cup Finals, but Eastern Conference Finals. So one more step. Yes. They beat the Lightning yesterday, so they're up one nothing in the series. They dismantled them. But I know I'm assuming you're more of a Devils fan because you're Jersey. Yes, I am a Devils fan. All right, but again, if the Devils aren't in it, I'll root for you know I'll root for the New York team. That's the same thing as Giants. I'm a Giants fan, which it doesn't make sense that. You know, Jet Stadium's in New Jersey and in New York. <laughs> but if the Jets are in it, I'll root for the Jets if the Giants are out, you know? All right. So so you do know that I work with Tiki Barber, right? That that's I produce their show, Tiki Tierney. So I'm b i am I work with Tiki Barber. We have to find a way to link you to to up in the in the near future. Cause if you're that big of a Giants fan, you gotta you gotta you gotta be Tiki Barber. All right. It sounds good. I met uh why can't I think of his name right now? He was actually he used to manage uh this guy I used to train with for quite some many times Kendall Hall he's like a three-time world champ over here in Jersey why can't I think of his last name oh my god Brandon mm-hmm. running back why can't I think of it Jacobs Giants Brandon, Brandon Jacobs. Jacobs that's right Brandon Jacobs. I met him I looked at him like holy fuck dude you he's huge yeah he's totally he's huge he's gigantic Tiki Barber is not like I'm 6'2 I'm taller than Tiki Barber and he's like a running back for the NFL Brandon Jacobs is a beast bro that guy is what gigantic Victor Cruz Victor Cruz I met one time uh just because my, my buddy it was a graduation uh, and uh, my, my my buddy's kid was graduating school. I'm like, holy shit. So he's not that big. Yeah. I'm like, big. But when I met Brady Jacobs, I was like, holy shit, he's fucking big. <laughs> not only I got to meet him, but he also sparred one of our teammates in the boxing ring. I'm not going to say how that went. <laughs> but uh, uh, 
what's it called? He's a big dude. You know what I mean? No question. I'm not gonna say if, I'm not gonna say if it was good for him or bad for him. I'm not gonna <laughs> tell you because I'm not. I don't want to talk shit. I, you know, he might have thought it went well for him, or good for him, or bad for him. You know, I'm just leave it be neutral right there. But uh, yeah, awesome. like I was surprised. I was like, holy shit, he's big. But I, I feel big. I feel like a lot of athletes though are picking up on mixed martial arts, whether it's boxing, whether it's jujitsu, whatever, wrestling. Even it 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 helps with their other elements in their sport that they play. Am I, am I far-fetched with that? No, not at all. I mean, it, it's good. Even like kids and stuff. Like I run my school. A lot of times when I had kids at five or six years old, by 14, 15, they're either still training because they love it or they're doing so good in another sport because of all the attributes we teach in martial arts and all that self-discipline we teach them that they're just draw, draw, uh, thriving, excuse me, thriving in other sports where now they're getting scholarships to go to schools and stuff. Unfortunately, MMA, you don't get a scholarship, mm. but wrestling, other stuff you do. So it works out like never upset when a kid don't have, like I had a kid, this kid, Kyle, who came back and helped me with my favorite fight and a couple other fights where by 14, he was just strictly wrestling, went to Don Bosco prep after Don Bosco, went to Harvard, you know, was all American wrestled and, and, you know, graduated from Harvard and got a wrestling scholarship there. Like that's a lot. That's an Ivy League school and a scholarship. It's a lot. That's crazy. Uh, Jimmy Rivera, thank you so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Again, June 24th, you'll be fighting Bare Knuckle Fighting uh, Champions at BKFC. Uh, Looking forward to anything. Anything else you want to promote, throw out there, please. Feel free. Man, I just want, you know, Team Tiger Showman's, and thank you to, you know, first-round manager, Malky, and all the guys there, Abraham, taking care of me. You know, uh, the sponsors are coming in, so, you know, I will be promoting them week of the fight, obviously. And besides that, you know, uh, looking forward to getting in there. Dave Feldman, thank you for the opportunity. And uh, tune in June 4th, uh, June 14th, June 24th. All right. Bare Knuckle TV or get your tickets in Miami at the Hard Rock. Nice little vacation. That's awesome. That is fantastic. I haven't been to the new Hard Rock yet, but it looks looks ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Jimmy, listen, thank you. And thank you for what you do on, on the side, too. Like the, the, What you do with the, with the po- uh, police officers, that's fantastic. I, I wasn't as familiar with that. I mean, I've heard things like that, but that's awesome. So thank you for, for working with them as well. That's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, man, anytime. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Jimmy, and thank you, as always, for listening and following. I'll be back next week with more. Again, not sure if they put out the ticket sale yet for UFC uh, at UBS Arena, but definitely get your tickets. Um, and also, if you have time, go check me out. 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Sunday morning, May uh, June. Why is it May? June 5th. This Sunday, June 5th, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Listen to me there. Again, as always, follow me at Hoff WFAN on Twitter. Oh, excuse me, TikTok. Jesus. At Hoff WFAN TikTok. At the fight fan, WFAN, and at the Hoff WFAN on Twitter. Everywhere else, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, RC app, WFAN.com. Follow me. The fight fan with Pete Hoffman. That's what you've been listening to. So thank you so much again. You have been listening to The Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 